Hey everybody, this is Aaron Marshall. This is the Gentile Podcast, not to be confused with the Jew and Gentile Podcast, which is the podcast I do with my good friend David Halevi. This is the Gentile Podcast where you only get the views of me, the Gentile. So, uh, first episode we talked about, actually this is, you know, I'm doing, this is now my third attempt to record a second episode of, of this podcast. So I pretty much told my wife, if this doesn't work, then I'm just quitting. And this is obviously a sign from God that I need to, I need to stop trying to do an extra podcast and, uh, just stick to the one I started. Uh, actually I've, I've got new ideas for even a third podcast as a break off from this podcast that would just be called the J. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so this is my third attempt at a second podcast. First podcast, we talked about. I talked about the motorcycle trip that I am planning on going on out to Utah. And the good news is, we already have somebody who listened to the podcast, loved it so much that they are joining, wanting to join me on the trip to Utah. That's right, Anthony Natali. Her, saw the, listened to the podcast. Actually, the correct. I don't think he listened to the podcast. I think actually, I'm 99% sure he just saw the word motorcycle in the title and basically said he was in. I think he started listening to it. Probably got bored and turned it off. But he saw motorcycle, saw trip, said I'm in. But um, no. But seriously, he's uh, so he signed up. He's wanting to go, and it looks like we were, we're things are coming together. So it looks like now we're going to have a motorcycle trip to Utah, beginning of June. We're tentatively calling it the the Mormon trip, and I know that's not a a very good name. And so what we're doing is we're willing to auctioning off the title of our trip. So if you want to be a uh, title sponsor of this trip, and that means you could sponsor us by helping us with accommodations, helping us with uh, uh, just sponsoring the, you know, as any way accommodations along the way, um, helping to get us uh, motorcycles. If you're a motorcycle dealership and you want to be the official sponsor of this tour and the official sponsor of the Gentile podcast, the Jew Gentile podcast, the G podcast, or the J podcast, uh, Rosho Christie, you know, if you want to be the official motorcycle dealership of all these things, talk to me uh, because we'd love to get you to sponsor us uh, so we can get some motorcycles to make this uh, trip on. We're, we're, we've got our own, um, both Anthony and I do, but we love to get some bigger ones, at least I would. I'd love to get an FJR 1300, a Yamaha, or maybe one of those big BMWs, or um, I don't know if I'd want to do a Goldwing, but hey, I could be talked into it. Uh, Anthony, on the other hand, would love to do it on a Grom or a 50, uh, any uh, maybe 125, or basically uh, maybe just a sidecar. If you have just a sidecar that you could uh, sponsor us with, he would love to do that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we're but, what we're thinking about doing is, um, and I think we're, we're pretty certain, is going from North Carolina up to Ohio, to Kirkland, Ohio, then to Nauvoo, Illinois, then to Jackson County, Missouri, then to Salt Lake City, so we can recreate the uh, essentially the historical migration west of the Mormon church. And while we're doing that, we can maybe do some events, uh, some talks on Mormonism, or we can certainly do some podcasts and some vlogs and some blogs and some logs or whatever else we can do uh, along the way, talking about Mormonism, talking about uh, the truth claims of the Mormon church and why they do not uh, accurately reflect um, the truth claims of Christianity. We don't have anything uh, necessarily against certain, uh, the Mormon people. I think the 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 higher ups of the Mormon Church, I think, are uh, we. They know that what they're saying is not true. They know that they're lying. Um, the general man on man or woman on the street, I think, is just is being deceived. And so, it's not that we have anything against them. It's just that we believe Christianity is true. Therefore, uh, we believe that whatever is not uh, doesn't uh, fall in line with Orthodox Christianity isn't true because something can't both be true and not true in the same sense. And so. Um, 
anyway, so we were thinking we could do uh, a, a sort of a trip where we recreate the trip out, you know, the, the migration out west of the Mormons, and we could do it on motorcycles, and that would be a lot of fun, and we can do some posts along the way. And so we're excited about that. Then we can, there's a chance to, to be a part of a men's group out there when we get to Utah, and then just get a chance to, you know, check out Utah some more, see if this is where potentially we'd want to uh, potentially move. Um, yeah, I know that my if your mom, if you're listening, or Jennifer, don't freak out because we potentially might do it. We're probably not, but you know we might. Uh, so I know that that's uh, that. Evidently, you listened to part of it and that bothered you, but um, you now we're just talking about it. So anyway, shout out to Jennifer who's getting married next week. I know you're excited, and we are going to be up there next week and ready for that for you and Richie's wedding. Excited to be a part of that next week. So. Anyway, that's the update again. If you want to be a part of what we're doing, if you want to, if you got ideas, suggestions about our on a motorcycle trip out there, if you hey, if you want to ride with us, let me know. Uh, email me Aaron Marshall at RoshioChristie.org. Aaron Marshall at RoshioChristie.org. A A Ron um, and Roshio is R A T I O Christ with an I dot org. That's Latin for the Reason of Christ, which is what our ministry is all about. I am the chapter director for Roshio Christie here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And also, I am the uh, National Director of Campus Formations, or I guess uh, Director of Campus Formations uh, inter- uh, for Rosho Christi uh, National. And so, uh, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, excited, uh, basically, uh, wanted to talk two things. Again, I've, report- I've recorded this three times. Uh, this is my third time. So um, a lot of things that I said before, and I'm just like trying to re- rehash it. And uh, so it's always better the first time. But essentially what I wanted to talk about today was uh, something that we've been talking about. Uh, I teach a, an apologetics class at Coastal Christian High School uh, here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And one of the things we talked about today was uh, we're, we're talking about the problem of evil we're talking about why God would allow evil and suffering in the world. And so the question is, why would a good God allow evil and suffering in the world? Um, and that's a hard question. In fact, that's probably one of the biggest objections you get to Christianity is the problem of evil. Now, uh, on the front end, I would I, I challenge you that um, if you can't make sense of the problem of evil unless God exists. So if God doesn't exist, there is no problem of evil. There's just stuff that's happening in the world. Because in order to make sense and to call certain things evil, there has to be some standard of good by which we are comparing this to. And we would say there has to be a standard outside of us, an eternal standard, which is God. So we think we would say that things are uh, that, that that the problem of evil actually points to God's existence. In fact, maybe one of the best arguments for God's existence is not, uh, as many people want to say, an argument against God's existence. So I think that's important on the front end. You can't even say things are evil unless God exists. But let's say you believe God does exist, but you think that He's evil, or you um, you know you you just think that why would He allow these kind of uh, you know, problems and evil and suffering. And now there's a lot of things we could talk about with this. And so we'll probably hit on a couple things over the course of maybe we can do a couple podcasts on this. Uh, again, as always, if you're interested in topics, let me know. If you email me topic ideas, um, I may or may not do them. So really just depends on my whims. But um, I can be bribed uh, with uh, money, Girl Scout cookies, uh, motorcycle equipment. Uh, these are all things that can bribe me to do topics of shows that you want to talk about. In fact, um, in fact, uh, for uh, Lindsay, I will do a show on the problem or, or on the topic of hell, even though she may or may not be listening to this show. Uh, Lindsay, you know who you are. Um, all right, so back to the topic. Um, 
let's say, okay, so why, but, but the question again, why would God allow evil? So I think you could actually make a good argument, and in fact, I, I think it's true, that God allows evil and suffering and or causes it because of what it will make of us. And um, if the goal of this life is redemption and growth, meaning uh, we are to love God and love others, the first way that's going to happen is in redemption, where I become um, justified with the Father through what Christ has accomplished for me on the cross. Now that happens in justification, that happens when I put my faith in Christ. And so we see this in Acts when the Philippian jailer asked Peter, what must we do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. You put your faith and trust in Jesus and this marvelous exchange happens where Christ's uh, righteousness uh, is, your, your your evil uh, deeds are exchanged for Christ's righteousness. And so what he accomplished for you on the cross is applied to you and you are, God looks, the Father looks at you as a sinless saint. You are, you are uh, not guilty uh, of all the sins you have done or will commit in your life. But not only that, but you receive Christ's righteousness such that this is why I think there's maybe a separate discussion, but this is why I think we can say that there both will be free will in heaven and there won't be any sin. I think there's a couple of ways we can we can sort of figure that out, or at least I'm wrestling with through some ideas in regards to that. But um, if it's true that uh, redemption and growth is God's will for our life, so redemption, that uh, we talked about that happens, and it, the Bible tells us, people, the students ask me all the time, you know, I really want to know what God's will for my life is. This is the idea that somehow there's this individual will for your life. I do not believe that that's necessarily true in the sense that God really cares a whole lot about whether you take this job or that job because somehow you'll be outside of God will, God's will if he takes one job over the other. Uh, but I do believe that I do know God's will for your life, and that is to uh, is your sanctification. In fact, we see this in First, Thess- First Thessalonians 4 where God says, um, and this is uh, my will for your life, your sanctification. Um, or this is God's will for your life, your sanctification. Um, and so what does that mean? It means becoming more like Christ. And so how is that going to happen? Almost assuredly, if you're going to grow as a person, it's going to be through because of pain and suffering. It's not going to be when things are going great. It's going to be when things are when things are falling down around you, pain and suffering, that you're going to develop characteristics, you're going to develop um, a character um, that is going to become, where you're going to become more like Christ. So it's always going to be, uh, almost always going to be through pain and suffering that your sanctification is going to happen. And what we mean by that is that one rarely grows when things are work, are going great in their life. Almost all growth will happen in your life is because of, is when there's pain and suffering and that you're growing um um, you know, you're growing because of that. So I think of, I look back at my life, and um, it was the most painful time in my life. In, in some sense, the you know the worst time in my life is when God got a hold of me and I became a Christian. And I wouldn't wish to go through that again, but I'm sure glad that I have because on the back end of that, the pain and suffering that that um, that, that what that caused me to do, which is to cry out to God, to be saved, all these other things that happened, uh, is necessary. And so there's lots of characteristics that we think are good in people, such as courage and perseverance and patience and um, uh, charitableness and. Um, empathy and sympathy and compassion, all these things. But all of those things that are good in people and can be developed in people require that there be evil and suffering and things, bad things happening so that we can be compassionate, so that we can develop patience, so that we can develop courage. And these are all really important. And the reason why I think this is this is so important is because, number one, it can, it can explain to us why God would allow evil and suffering. Well, it's because he's 
he's using evil and suffering. He can use evil and suffering. Let's put it this way, um, to help mold us into the person he wants us to be. There's something different about someone who's been through evil and suffering and, and has developed these characteristics, um, that they come out on the back end of that as better people. And these are lessons you cannot, you could not learn if there wasn't evil and suffering in the world. If there had not been evil and suffering in the world, we would not we would not need to put our faith and trust in God. We would, Jesus would not have needed to come, so we wouldn't know about. He wouldn't have revealed this part of His character to us, His love for us, in, in this kind of way. We wouldn't need to have faith and trust in Him. We wouldn't need to develop compassion and uh, perseverance and patience and all these kind of things. And we would be less um, than because of it. Now, you could argue, why didn't He just make us with those characteristics in the first place? Well, it takes these pain and suffering and all these, and, and, and evil in order for us to develop those characteristics in our life. And so in, in that sense, we have to have the bad in order to develop in us the good. And you could argue that what's, what God is doing, what we want is we want God to just zap us and just to make us sanctified. And I would just challenge you, that's not how God works. God, God says, um, I don't want to make life easier for you. I want to, I want you to become better. So I don't want you I don't want life to be easier I want you to become better. Now what does that mean? It means that I'm having to learn these things. I'm having to learn how to uh, handle pain and suffering by developing these characteristics in my life in which then I can handle these things and I become a better person. Now the beauty of all this is that I think that the 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 developing of a character, the developing of these characteristics, um, developing of a soul, really, uh, in this life, has serious ramifications in the next life, in the eternal state, because I think it is going to be the soul in which we develop, the soul which we develop this life uh, internally to us, is going to be the capacity by which and through which we experience God for eternity. And I do think that some people will experience God in a deeper and fuller way than other people. Now, look, if you're in heaven, there is no sin and you're, you're experiencing God and it's amazing. But just like if I had a thimble, a shot glass, a cup, a big, big gulp uh, size cup, and then a, a big, huge water pitcher, and then maybe like a uh, you know, 64-gallon drum, and I filled every one of those up, okay? Every one of those is filled as, as much as they can. So if you, if you equate those all to the soul, everybody will, ha- will be filled. So if you only have a thimble's worth of water, you're still filled and you're still, you're still overflowing and there's no jealousy. But you could all, you know, but same is true for the person who has a 64-gallon drum. If that is somewhat analogous to the fact that if I'm developing a soul uh, through this life, uh, through uh, coming out on the back end of pain and suffering, developing these characteristics, developing these uh, godly attributes, becoming more like Christ, such that in that I'm developing a, a bigger capacity to know and to love God, that in heaven I will have that filled up, which means I will know God in a deeper and fuller way for eternity, as opposed to somebody who maybe comes to Christ later in life now, or, or doesn't develop these characteristics. What does that mean? It means that how you live your life as a Christian really has eternal implications. I am not justified by my actions in any way. In fact, my completeness is, in, is only in what Christ has already accomplished for me on the cross. But it means that the way in which I live this life has eternal ramifications. And it's only in this life because there is evil and suffering that I can develop those characteristics because I can't develop the characteristics of patience in heaven. It will just be the way in which I am already patient because I've developed those characteristics. 
Now, I think that is just fascinating, and I think that has serious implications for, uh, again, for the way we live our life. Um, it has theological implications as well, and so I'm certain that there will be people that disagree with what I just said. In fact, you know, I'm wrestling through this myself. Um, so, obviously, if you disagree, let me know, and we can talk, you know, maybe I could talk about it on future podcasts, but um, I think that's super interesting, and I think that can help us to understand why God would allow pain and suffering in this life. Now, you could argue maybe one last point um, on these, and I will try to make these uh, shorter you know, you know, 15, 20 minutes or, or, you know, 1500 minutes if I just really want to talk. But, um, I, I, I will think, okay, so then why would God allow pain and suffering in this life? Because of what it's going to make out of us. And so you, again, you could argue that, well, why didn't he just create us like that in the first place? He couldn't have because of what it takes pain and suffering for us to develop certain things, because I have to be exposed to that to understand, um, the difference between, you know, trusting Christ and developing these characteristics and not. Um, and I think one last thing we could say on this maybe is that, um, how could we know that there's, you know, when we get to heaven, they're not going to have, you know, we're not going to have evil. We're not going to have pain. We're not going to have suffering. So why didn't God just create us like that in the first place? Well, I think one of the reasons could be because this is the way in which he could guarantee that we could have both free will and not sin in heaven. Why do I say that? It could be because of this. Adam and Eve were created good, but not immutably so, and they could choose to reject God. In fact, they did. In fact, um, we see in the garden in Genesis 3, well, Genesis 2, 1, 2, and 3, they were basically allowed to do anything in the world that they wanted to except for one thing. I mean, think about that. They were literally could do anything except for one thing. And of course, what was the one thing they wanted to do? The thing they weren't allowed to do. Why? Because it seems like on their view, they could think, and they did think, obviously, that maybe God is withholding something from us. God has said, don't do these things, but can I really trust him? Well, and they, so they didn't trust him, uh, you know, committed the sin, and obviously we're dealing with the ramifications, ramifications of that now. We have, we do understand what it's like when we're in charge. Now, so in some sense, we've had it. We had it. We had perfect communion with God. We lost it when, when, when Adam fell. And now we're living with the ramifications of that. And now we're going to get it back again in the new heavens and the new earth. We're going to be in a glorified body. And so we are going to be with God in eternity in a glorified body without any sin. So we will have lived an entire life surrounded and encompassed by sin. And now it will be taken from us. And I think the idea of us then sinning after that would be like the example that I use, trying to pay somebody for their sight. If you have sight, then you would, you would never give that up, especially if you were somebody who, um, well, yeah, you would never give that up. I mean, you, I couldn't pay you for sight. Now, if you were um, someone who had sight and then lost it, and then got it back again, then again, I think I could, I'm, I could be even more certain that you would never give it up because you now know what it's like to have it and lost it. In a similar way, we had perfect communion with God, lost it, and then we would get it back again. So that way we could, there's, we would never sin because we know what it's, here's what's going to happen if we sin. It's going to be like it was before. And so we would experience this life and then experience what it's going to be like in heaven, perfection, we would, we would understand immediately what it's like when we're in charge and not, you know, and God's not in charge. So I think that's how we can, we can guarantee that there will be no sin in heaven because there will be no chance, no, uh, no worry that someone's going to say, you know what, if I was in charge, I would do it better. We know we wouldn't do, do it better. We know what happens when we're in charge. We, it's terrible, right? And, and so to be in heaven and to not be consumed with sin, I mean, I think just as I'm sitting here right now, I mean, think about all the sin that's consuming me, anxiety and, you know, frustration and 
you know, all these things that won't be a part of our life in the eternal state. And yet, to the idea that somehow we would go back to this freely is, uh, again, I think, is insane. Now, there's a separate conversation we could have about the fact that also we will have Christ's righteousness. So now in a glorified body with Christ's righteousness, um, I think we could also, because of that transaction that's taking place, we can also guarantee that we won't sin because we have Christ's righteousness. Um, now, maybe that's a separate conversation that we could talk about if people are interested in uh, pursuing that further but I just think, anyway, I think that's a really important conversation. I think it's important as I've been wrestling through this. And hopefully this was um, helpful to you in, in, in regards to thinking through why God would allow us to suffer. Why would he allow, why would he allow evil and suffering uh, in this world? And so, um, yeah, so uh, if you've got questions, concerns, um, disagree, um, want me to stop doing this, uh, email me at aaronmarshall at ratiochristi.org and uh, I can take um, deal with topics that you want me to talk about. Um, we can also handle them on our Jew and Gentile uh, podcast as well. And maybe on the J podcast where maybe that'll just be five minutes of me talking about something that's completely different. Um, and then I could start another podcast called The and then we can, keep, we can go from there. Uh, but so if you're interested in uh, more, one, learning more about a motorcycle trip, if that interests you, we'd love to have people come join us on that trip maybe. So let me know about that. Or if you're a motorcycle dealership and you want to sponsor us, you know where to call, you know where to email. Uh, I guess you don't know where to call, but you know where to email. It's aaronmarshall at roshochristi.org. You can become the official motorcycle dealership of Rosho Christi, of the Jew and Gentile podcast, of the Gentile podcast, of the Joe podcast, of my household. Um, and so we would love to talk to you about making that happen and all the things that go along with that. Or if you're just somebody who wants to support um, us on this trip and help help us get some talks together where we could talk about Mormonism, we could talk about the gospel, we could talk about all, all different kinds of things on the way um, out to Salt Lake City in June. Uh, this would be the second week of June. So, Oh, actually, the, sorry, the first week of June and coming back on the second week of June. And we'll come back probably through the south. So if you're in the south, don't worry. We'll hit you up on the way back so we can go out one way and come back another way. See the country on a motorcycle. Can't beat that. It's going to be pretty awesome. So second podcast in the books. Hopefully this works. If it doesn't, this is it. I'm done. Uh, and this is Aaron Marshall. This is the Gentile Podcast. And I will talk to everybody soon.